What's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. Well, hello, my fellow travelers and my beautiful, beautiful monkeys. What has been going on? First of all, if you're still listening, thank you for the probably, what, six of you that are out there. Maybe ten if I'm lucky. Anyway, it's been a long, long time since I have put out a show. And there's been a lot of stuff that's been going on. The main thing is, is it's my uh, was my daughter's senior year of high school, and then she's getting ready to go off to college. And so we've been kind of occupied with a lot of that stuff. So I just haven't really had the time to sort of jump in front of the microphone. I was able to put a few shows out on Firearms Cafe, which is my other podcast. Realistically, schedule-wise, it's going to be a lot different probably maybe starting in September or so. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, But starting around there, I think I'll be able to kind of get this show and Firearms Cafe probably going weekly and it may be a thing where i jump back and forth between the two like this actual show might be every other week it would be the same for firearms cafe but we'll just have to see on how that stuff goes today is tuesday it's the 25th of july 2023 for those of you guys that care about that stuff if you'd like to contact me say hello you know do a quick shout out recommend a, uh, another podcast or a movie or something that you like or shows that you like anything like that or if you want to do a review on something feel free to send that to me you can either record your own audio and then send that file to me uh, at the email address or you can just send a regular email and i'll read it out for you on the show the place to send that is the armed ape at gmail.com all one word the armed ape at gmail.com there is a what they call a voicemail button over at the website and you can go over there and and leave a a voicemail that way that would probably be the easiest way you can do it i think as many times as you want but you are limited to it says 90 seconds but the reality is about 80 seconds i have only had maybe a couple of people ever use that so let's go ahead and jump in with the show the show may be a little bit shorter today but we'll see how it goes the movie we're going to be reviewing today is a movie called alone i watched this on hulu and on the hulu thing it said like 2020 at the end of the movie on the the copyright information or whatever it said 2018 so i'm not exactly sure maybe the movie was finished in 2018 and then got released in 2020 so anyway it doesn't really matter it's a relatively small cast of the of the people that you actually see on screen i believe there's really only four people that are going to have speaking roles and then you have a couple other people that are in the background, but they're so far out in the background that it could be anybody. And then you have roles where she's talking with people maybe on the phone, that type of thing. Since it's been a while, and if maybe this is your first show, normally the way that I will do a review is I will maybe talk about up 
tell the first act because usually you don't have any major spoilers. Uh, and then if, and if there are major spoilers, what I will do is I will, uh, I'll let you guys know from this point forward, we're going to do spoilers and we're going to talk about the end of the movie, that type of stuff. So, but rest assured, I will let you guys know. And if I remember in editing, I usually will drop in a music cue so that if you guys are fast forwarding or something, you can jump up to there. So, like I said, this uh, movie is, at least I think I said, is all right. So we had an interruption there, and I, it's been a while, so I kind of lost my train of thought. I don't really know where I was at. So if I repeat myself here, just forgive me. Anyway, what I'll do is I'm just going to go ahead and start up with the uh, with the review on the movie, which again is Alone. So the movie opens up. Well, I guess maybe before I do that, if you were to watch the trailer, I think we were talking maybe about spoilers and stuff like that. So if you were to watch the trailer, you understand that this is sort of a, oh, I don't even know what genre you would term it. Is it, does it even have a genre where it's like a kidnap thing or, or a um, predator prey type thing, you know, where you have one person is hunting the other type deal, or maybe I guess, would you call it maybe a survival, fight for life type thing? Anyway, that's basically what this movie is. Even though we were talking a little bit about spoilers before, you sort of understand what the ending is going to be. You have this woman, and eventually the movie turns into her sort of escape and evasion from the person that's after her. Let's jump right in. The movie opens up, and she is loading a U-Haul trailer. She gets it all loaded. She's got an older uh, Volvo station wagon that she's pulling and she's pulling behind uh, like a medium-sized pull-behind trailer so not too big not too small anyway she heads off and as um, as she gets into her car she punches up her navigation and the navigation says you'll arrive at your destination in in about four days it looks like she's probably leaving Portland the license place that you see I'll say Oregon and the scenery that you see as she's driving is uh, like lots of the tall trees like how the you've got the big forests and everything up there in the pacific northwest so she heads off it fades to black and a title card comes up and just says the road so like i said she's driving down the road she comes up and is she's listening to some audiobooks and stuff like that and i don't really think anything that's the audiobooks are saying maybe has any bearing i didn't pay close attention to them they they may be if i if i went back and watched it again and actually listened to what the audiobooks would say it may have something to do with maybe character building or to give you a picture of what she's sort of going through so as she's driving and she's on a uh, a pretty narrow uh, heavily wooded two lane road so you it's um you've got you know your traffic going let's say you know uh, south and and north so she comes upon a sort of a slow driving it looks like an older maybe jeep uh, cherokee or something like that or um some type some type of jeep i don't really know jeeps all that well anyway she tries to uh, get around him and as she goes around him because she's in kind of an older car and she's got the trailer she goes to pass him and as she's passing she's almost getting past him and then that vehicle sort of speeds up 
And then, of course, off in the distance, you know, a big semi's coming, and luckily she's able to kind of get up and get around the guy. And she drives up a little bit more, and she's kind of like looking back like, what is this guy doing? And then all of a sudden, that vehicle comes up and gets up right behind her and is like honking the horn and flashing its lights and stuff like that. And she's, you know, she is kind of trying to figure out what's going on. And it looks like there's some type of a turnoff or something. So she's able, and I don't know if she goes maybe into a rest stop or something, but I think maybe that's what it's supposed to be. But she sort of turns off and then that car that's behind her just zooms right past her. So, you know, who, who knows? And she's kind of, you can see it on her face. She's like, oh, she's sort of relieved, but she's, she's still shaken up. It cuts to later that evening. She is getting gassed and she's also talking on the phone to what we learn is her father. It's saying they're just, you know, kind of having a conversation about this, that, and the other thing. And she's like, no, I don't want to talk to her right now. Meaning I, I guess her mother. So she tells her dad, you know, basically, oh, I'm, you know, I, I, I'll probably be where I need to be in like three, four days, something like that. So as she's sitting there talking, she notices that same car that, again, it's sort of like that green Jeep that goes by and it's the SUV version and it kind of slows down and it, but it's, you know, it's a good probably hundred feet or so away. It's up on the roadway. The thing, the Jeep kind of slows down, it stops. And then she's looking, you can't see who's in the car, but then all of a sudden it just, the, the guy just peels out and uh, takes off. And again, she has like kind of a concerned look, but she's not, I think it's just one of those things where she's not thinking like, oh, this guy is following me, but she's like, that's weird that, you know, what are the odds I'd see this guy again? Uh, but again, I don't know if she was supposed to be in a rest stop and then let's say if she pulled back and you saw her sort of go in the same direction, you know, then maybe. Anyway, later she it shows her she's checked into a hotel and she's sitting on the bed and she has a, um, looks like maybe some wedding rings or something that are on a, on a little ch uh, chain around her neck. And she's kind of, you know, touching those. And then she is, the, the next thing we see, she's laying in bed. And she's got an iPad and she's scrolling through pictures of, of her and maybe probably either her husband, especially since we're looking at the rings. And so she goes through a bunch and she, you know, she's real super sad. And I can't remember if she started crying or not. I think she's, she's crying and then her phone rings and it shows up that it just says mom. And she basically just ignores it. She just doesn't want to deal with her mom right now. So at this point, we don't know is that did did her husband die did her is it something that where maybe they got a divorce and that's why she's moving from wherever she's you know from uh, wherever she's going to so um she it shows her and she the the last sort of shot before it cuts is it shows her kind of looking out her her window her hotel room window which she just sort of has open which with little thin gauzy things <laughs> Which I kind of thought, well, that's odd. If you're getting ready to go to sleep, you would have those clothes. And she sees like, you know, just some cars driving up. You know, you can see cars driving up and parking. So anyway, it uh, opens up and it is the next morning. She's getting ready to leave. She's sitting in her car and a guy comes up to her window and taps on her window. And it kind of you know startles her a little bit. 
And he goes, oh, hey, do you recognize me? And she just looks at him like, no. And she was like, I, I was driving that. And he points over, and it's that car that she had sort of the run-in with yesterday. And then basically he sort of is apologizing about, oh, you know, I was on my phone and I got distracted and then I needed to make this turn off. And so I was trying to speed up and I, you know, I just kind of didn't think and blah, blah, blah. And we also notice that his right arm is in a sling and he's got a, he's got just like a jacket sort of draped over there, but you can tell he's got that. Anyway, she's like, oh, it's, you know, it's okay. She just, you can tell she's a little uncomfortable and she kind of just wants the guy to go away because you know, she's a little weirded out. And especially now that she's kind of like, well, wait, wait, I saw this guy last night and now he's here. You know, what are the odds of that type thing? And he's, he asked her a bunch of questions and you can tell she's really un, um, uncomfortable. One thing that, that I think maybe I would have done differently would, I would have had the guy because he doesn't really come off as sort of like charming or endearing or anything like that. He comes off as kind of odd and weird. And I don't know, maybe that's what they wanted, but I think I would have, from a storytelling aspect, I think I would have had him been like really charming, like, oh, I'm so sorry this happened. I didn't mean it. You know, I've got my, I've got this injury here and I'm kind of preoccupied with that. And, I, you know, I have uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, there's a, a bunch of different ways. And I would have said, you know, oh, you know, I you know, saw you last night at the gas station. I stopped and I thought then, oh, I should get out and talk to you. But then I thought, no, and I was kind of got embarrassed. And I, you know, that's why, I, you know, headed out if you noticed all, blah, blah, blah. but he comes across of kind as kind of like pushy. And again, maybe that's what they want, but I think it would have been better if he kind of would have been able to maybe even see that she was uncomfortable and put her at ease, which he doesn't do. And it's funny. She does that thing where, you know, if somebody is kind of pressing you with questions and stuff, sometimes just to be, you don't want to be rude, even though you don't know the person. And so just with polite behavior, she's given him information. She goes, oh, my, you know, my name is Jessica. And at first I thought, is she making up a name? But, you know, that's her name. He's like, well, where are you headed? Where are you going? Da, 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 da. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm moving away and this, that and the other. And he tries to get more information, but she kind of is saying, well, I got to go. And he's, and he kind of, ends it and he says well again i want to say i'm sorry and he goes i'll see you around and then he takes off so cut to she is she drives off and later she sees his car and he is up ahead of her now i don't know again and this may be some contrivance of you know of the plot type thing to just make it to where she is always running into this guy but she drove off then he's up ahead of her. So if she drove off, I don't know. You would think for her, because it shows the roads that she's on are mostly like these two lane roads. So you would think that she would have, she would have seen him drive by her and we don't ever see that. I think again, and, and this, this movie is, you know, we would say is relatively low budget. So I know you, there's not a, you got, you have to make cuts and you have to do certain things, but I think you could have shown her, you know, stopped at a diner, but then you've got to do a diner set, or you could even just showed her with like a bag of takeout food or something. And she's pulled off to the side of the road and it shows her eating. And then she goes and, and drives up some more so that it would show that there was a passage of time. And that would allow him to maybe get up ahead of her. Uh, so anyway, she kind of comes around the corner uh, or a bend in the road 
and she sees it's that car again and the guy is sort of in the middle of the road he's got his hood up and he's you know he's bent over the thing like he's checking something in the engine and then she he as she's getting ready to just kind of pull around him because she had slowed down almost to a stop and so she's getting to go around him he kind of gets in front of the car and he comes over to the side and she rolls down the window and he's like oh hey could you give me a lift and she's like well i really got to go and He's like, oh, well, there's a, there's just a, a gas station. It's like 15 minutes up the road. Can you just give me a lift up there? And she's like, well, I, you know, I, I uh, she's like, what I can do is I can call, uh, I can call you a tow truck. And he's like, nah, just take me up there. They know me up there and then they can, you know, help me out. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, what I'll do is I'll just go up there. I'll let them know and then bring you back. And he's like, well, can't you just, you know, and he keeps pressing her, pressing her, pressing her to try and get her to let him in the vehicle with her. And she's just, no, 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 I got to go. Because she's, by this point, she's pretty freaked out by the guy. And so she does sort of take off and uh, drives around him and leaves him in the middle of the road. Another thing he was doing is he was also saying, well, okay, I understand if you can't give me a ride, but can you at least help me push the car? You can get in my car and then I'll push this car off of the middle of the road. And, you know, she's, but she just isn't having it and she takes off. Cut to later in the evening, and she has pulled off at a rest stop. And she parks her car, and then she goes off, and she is um, sitting on like the picnic table. So she's, you know, 20, 30 yards away from her from her car. Off in the background, you see a guy who has come out of uh, the, these bathrooms that are kind of again off, maybe about 50 yards away from her and he comes out and he's like on his phone and at first you're thinking oh is that that same dude but you can tell the body shape is a little different and then there's another guy kind of off again maybe another 40 50 yards away from her and he is out standing by his car and he's looking at a map and he's you know you can tell he's trying to get his bearings and then what happens is she actually calls up her mom and then her and her mom are kind of having a conversation and she's kind of you can tell that her and the mom don't really get along or are having some difficulties and so she's kind of a little bit preoccupied with that and then all of a sudden the um the guy from earlier that she's been having all these problems with or having all these encounters with i guess i should say he sort of pulls up and he kind of pulls up close to where she is and like she's noticing she's like oh oh, oh, you know i gotta go mom i gotta go and then as as she and this is all kind of happening at the same time so the guy who had come out of the bathroom turns out he goes and he gets into a logging truck and he starts it up and he drives off the guy that was looking at the map earlier he goes into the bathroom and as she's talking to her mom he comes out he gets into his car and he pulls off. And this is at the same time that the uh, the other dude from earlier pulls up and kind of parks next to sort of where she's sitting. And she just gets up and she's like, gets off the phone with her mom real quick and then starts heading to her vehicle. She gets in, she gets in, starts her car. Well, by the time she's done that, he's got out of his car and come up to her. He's like, well, hey, I, you know, uh, I wanted to talk to you or something like that. And then she like, she just like drives off. Because she's totally freaked out now because she is just constantly running into this dude. And so she's thinking, this guy is following me. And she goes to exit out of the uh, out of the rest stop area. And then this white van kind of pulls up and it stopped to where she's sort of 
kind of halfway blocked in. And then what this does is it allows the guy to come up and he's like, hey, I was just trying to stop here to go to the bathroom and, and you almost ran me over. And, you know, so he's trying to, he's trying to manipulate her, basically make it seem like he's sort of trying to gaslight her a little bit. Like, like, you know, this is just coincidence. Why are you getting so freaked out? You know, what's your problem? That type of stuff. So luckily she's the, the uh, white van is parked just enough forward to where she can kind of go around it. So she, you know, takes off and goes around that. So she is back on the road and then she sees behind her some headlights and she is convinced that it is this guy. And so she calls 911. Luckily they're, you know, they're where she has service. The connection is spotty, but it doesn't drop. And she's like, oh, there's this guy and he's following me. And he's been, he's been harassing me all day. And then the 911 person is like, well, we can, we'll patch you up with an officer. And then it turns out that the um the car that was behind her that she thinks is him was just another car and so it goes around and she says oh you know i'll um it it wasn't him it was a kind of a false alarm and then again the ladies the dispatcher is like well we can have somebody we can patch somebody in to talk to you one of the officers and you can talk about your concerns and, and and going on i don't think it was ever followed up on we never see that it was as she's driving down the road all of a sudden the a tire on the i guess it's on the trailer kind of pops or goes flat and it it gets it to where she's you know kind of wobbling all over the place and she does sort of get off on the side of the road but it is on the side of the road of where oncoming traffic would be and her car is sort of at an angle but it doesn't she doesn't wreck so she's able to bring it to a controlled stop she goes out and she's checking it. She's got a flashlight and she sees it. And the sidewall has uh, like a tear in it. And it almost looks like a cut. The thing is, I don't know. We're, I think this may be a bit of a red herring. I think that what we're probably supposed to think is, oh, somehow this guy like slashed the tire. And then she, uh, and, and so it, it fuels sort of her, concerns and paranoia about what's going on now she gets as as she's out she's again it's sort of out on this i don't even i guess we'd call it like a rural road or a non-developed area out there and if you've ever been out there or at like places out in wyoming or montana where they don't have there's no lights if you don't have a strong moon or something like that it can be just i mean pitch black and i think that's what we're supposed to kind of get the impression of that she's sort of out here she's all by herself there's hardly anybody around she's not on like a major interstate she's kind of going on these back roads she notices then another car is if she sees some headlights and then she is she kind of sees that it's this guy she can I, i guess she or she just thinks it's him anyway she runs up now so her car is fine but the trailer is what's her problem so she's really not going to be able to drive off in any type of controlled manner because you could say well she could just pop back in and, and try and go so what she tries to do is she runs and she tries to like she's fiddling with the trailer hitch and everything and she tries to do it but by this time she just doesn't have the time to mess around and abandon the trailer and drive off which i thought she does some stuff and and throughout the course of the movie she does some things that are actually pretty smart 
and how they have her react and what she does. Uh, um, and again, even if we go back to the first stuff where she refuses to let the guy in, she refuses to, you know, buy into his nonsense, you know, when he was broken down, all that stuff, when he was quote unquote broken down. And also, and I think, did I say like the cut on the tire, like we're supposed to, like how she's supposed to think, oh, he did it. Like somehow he was able to like slash the tire or something like that. And I was hoping that eventually it would, you know, he only did it part way. I don't, again, I, I don't think that's what was going on. We don't ever see anything like that. She then, you know, when she sees it's him, she gets into her car and the other car kind of pulls out and it's him, of course, or pulls up and stops. He gets out, he's got a tire iron in his hand and he just walks up and just smashes her passenger window. He basically opens it up, gets inside and she fights immediately. She's not just cowering, she's trying to fight him off immediately and he just blam, he just blasts her in the face and it stuns her. Then he, he's got like a syringe or something and he, boom, he just immediately injects her. Then it kind of fades to black and then the next title card comes up and it says the river. And again, we've learned earlier that her name was Jessica. So she wakes up, she's in a basement. It appears to be morning, the door is locked. There is a window that's in the basement that's about, you know, maybe five feet up or so, but it's barred from the inside and there's really nothing in the basement we also notice that she is just in her she's got like a hoodie a shirt some pants but her shoes and socks are gone she sees somebody walk by that window and she runs up to the window and yells like help help let me out let me out and then she sees it's him and he comes up to the window she's like let me out please just let me go let me go and he just makes like the shush sign to her a little bit later he comes down to the basement and he is telling her to like she's gonna need to take off her clothes and he wants to see what's going what we've got here that type of stuff and so you think oh no and then she sort of realizes you know well what may happen to her and she's like well i got to go to the bathroom first and he's like well go right ahead and he sort of motions to the door now of course earlier she had gone to the door and tried to to open it and then she looks at the lock and the lock is one of those old, they used to call them like a skeleton key. So she tries to look through it, but it's blocked. She can't really see through and there's a, um, the door sits, you know, probably a couple of inches. There's a space. So she looks underneath the door, doesn't really see anything. So she makes a run when he tells her, go ahead. She makes a run for the door. He, and what he meant was like, you know, for her to just like go in the corner or something. But she, she thinks, well, I'm just going to make a break for it. As she runs to the door, he's right behind her. He runs up and just body checks her. And it just slams her up against the wall. And then, boom, she's right back down on the ground. And this is a part that I thought that they have that they did a really good job on. Is uh, she? She's a relatively small female. He's a bigger guy. He's not a, a like you know six foot four and two hundred and thirty five pounds, but he's still a bigger guy. He probably you know, is about maybe, let's say like 175 or something. So it's like she, what I liked about that body check and her just getting stunned from it is, you know, he's a big guy coming at her, a relatively, you know, decent sized dude coming at her, hitting her with full body weight. So it's like her getting hit with like a 175 pound, you know, sack of, of potatoes or something, you know? So I, I thought that was, that was pretty good. I guess we're supposed to think she got knocked out and he didn't really do anything. I think that 
he leaves, and I think maybe the reason that he leaves is he wants her to, he kind of feeds off of her uh, discomfort and terror and fright and everything. So anyway, she, uh, he's gone. She's looking through the lock, and she's, she can tell, I think, that there's a key in it. They, now, they try and show us as the viewer that, but you really can't see. And then so she's trying to rattle the door and rattle the door, and she takes her hoodie off, and she shoves it underneath, which is, again, smart, because she's trying to rattle the key out, and it will drop on her jacket, and then she can pull it in. And then it's not working, so she looks around, and she sees on kind of like a wooden pillar that there's this like a nail sort of sticking out. So she goes up, and she's trying to wiggle it and trying to wiggle it. It doesn't work. She takes her hoodie off. She wraps it around there so she can have better purchase. And by her sort of wiggling it, wiggling it, and pulling on it, she's able to get the nail out. She then takes the nail and pushes it in through the lock after she's put her jacket under the door again. It drops down. She pulls the jacket underneath, has the key, and she unlocks. I think it might have been better had she woken up and then it shows her, like, hear him drive off or something. Uh, But, of course, it doesn't. But she opens the door, and then she starts to go back upstairs, come out of the basement, and there's nobody there, and she is getting ready to leave. And so she's looking around. And I don't know if she's like looking for shoes or just looking for anything that maybe she could use as a weapon or a phone or something like that. She sees out the window, she sees him drive up and then she runs in and he comes up and and when he comes in, there's the front door and then right by it is like a coat closet and she pops into the coat closet real quick. The guy sits down, he starts making himself lunch and he's eating and then he gets a phone call from his wife and then she understands that this guy has a wife and a a kid because he's talking to him on the phone. And then he's saying, oh, you know, this deal's taking longer. So obviously his wife thinks that he's maybe on a business trip or something like that. And then he is saying to her, oh, it's really pretty up here. You, you know, we'll have to come up here one day, you know, where I'm staying, da 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 And I don't know if he means this cabin because of some stuff that's said later in the movie. So I, I don't know, and I don't know... Or actually, you know, it would make sense if she's in Portland and she's been driving a couple of days and if she's headed north, let's say, she could she could go and, and well, no, she'd have to be headed south, right? Not north. So if she if she's been driving a, a couple of days or a day or so, she might have made her way. Maybe she's going down into California or somewhere else. But anyway, she could still be up in northern Cal. That's what I was thinking, I think. And that would jive with some stuff that was said a little bit later in the movie, which we'll get to after the phone call you can tell it kind of freaks her out because she's she now knows well there's no way this guy's ever going to let me go because he has a wife and a family he has too much to lose so she knows she's going to be dead so anyway the guy kind of finishes up gets done with his phone call finishes up his eating and he heads downstairs to the basement and right as he goes down starts going down the stairs to the basement boom she is out the door she's out the closet out the door and she just starts booking it through the woods she's running 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 he of course comes down goes down to the basement sees that the doors open. you don't see this but he you know obviously go down there she's not there he comes back up and he just starts running and she does kind of a what you would maybe think at first is a weird thing she in her kind of panic state and i think she yells out like help me help me ah she's screaming which is going to let the guy know kind of in the general direction where she's going but I think, again, it's, I think she's in such a panic state that it's just almost like an instinctual thing instead of her thinking if she had a little bit more, um, if she wasn't in such a heightened emotional state, she might be able to think, okay, I'll just be quiet. 
I can run off and then I can hide. He's not going to find me. You know, and especially if you guys have ever been out in the woods and stuff out there, man, that stuff is thick. It's thick, thick woods. You go 20, 30 yards and nobody's going to find you. It's, it's so thick, especially if you're trying to hide. So anyway, she is, of course, she's, she still doesn't have any shoes or anything because she just had to go when she could go. And as she's running through the woods, she, she trips and she gets a thing about the size of a pencil. It's just like jammed into the bottom of her foot. And then she pulls it out. And when she does, of course, she's like, ah, she hollers. And that helps that guy hone in. And so he's kind of running up after. So she sort of goes um, hobbling off. And here's another interesting thing, too. A lot of times in movies when they do the chase, it's like the guy that's chasing. It's like everybody just has 100 level cardio. Like they can just run and run and run. But as she's running, she's getting tired. And then as even as he's running, it's showing him and he's like sort of getting out of breath and he's tired. Anyway, she comes up to like where this river is and it's a pretty big wide river. And the section that she's out is really fast moving, almost like you wouldn't necessarily call it rapids, but it's moving really fast. And you can tell how it is. There's rocks, big rocks and stuff in there. So he she sees the river. She's she's looking at the river and then she turns around and he's approaching her. And he sees her and he's looking at her like, you know, what are you going to do? And then she just looks back at him and then she just runs and just dives into the river. And, uh, and of course, it's real fast moving and she's, you know, flailing around and it takes her downstream. And eventually it shows her she's washed up on a, uh, on a calm spot and she gets out and crawls up onto the riverbank and is sort of resting there. And then this is where I guess that maybe the, 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 chase and pursuit i guess or, or the or the escape and evasion and pursuit type stuff is gonna is gonna build in earnest it fades to black the title card comes up and it says the rain and so this is probably a good spot to stop and not really go any further because we've set everything up we've set up sort of where the characters are and now we're going to get into the the chase in earnest i would recommend so let's let's go ahead and do a recommendation and then we'll, if I remember, I'll drop in the music and then we'll go and we'll talk about the rest of the movie and how it ends and all that stuff. I would recommend it, I again, especially if you've got Hulu or if you're able to rent it for like a dollar or two. It's, you know, it, it's not that bad. I don't, I don't think I would pay like, you know, five or six bucks or something for it. I don't think it's worth it for that. It's a relatively simple story. It's a relatively simple plot. There are a few contrivances that they do to kind of to move things along and we'll talk about some of those more in the spoiler section so go ahead check it out again it's called alone it's from on uh, on hulu it's, the date of the movie is 2020 but it could possibly be a 2018 as well so i don't know all right so if you're gonna come with me for the rest of the review uh, after you hear the music ends you can go ahead and do that just know you will be in spoiler territory All right, well, we are in spoiler territory. So now, again, when we left off, she had just made her escape by jumping into the river. The title card had come up and said the rain. So she is walking through the woods. It's, it's probably in, more in the afternoon. She's limping around. She finds basically kind of a pretty stout, you would call maybe like a hiking stick. And she's doing that as she's walking through. She kind of hears some footsteps. She gets behind a tree and she's waiting. The footsteps get closer. She thinks it's, of course, the guy that's kidnapped her. And right as this guy comes around the corner, 
she whips around and she just lays into him with this stick blam and and it turns out it's not him it's just some hunter he's an um he's an older gentleman he is a character actor that you would recognize he has been in a ton of stuff uh, and you would you would you immediately recognize this guy as being in a, a lot of stuff in the past and i can't remember his name right now uh, anyway he like when she sees it's him she's like oh i'm sorry i'm sorry and he's like you know what the heck man and so he kind of pops back up on his feet and he's got his rifle and he's got it pointed at her and he's like you know so eventually they kind of work it out and she's I don't know why she doesn't say from the jump, I was kidnapped or I was abducted by this guy and I tried to get away from him. And what she's saying is, she's just saying typical stuff. And again, this I think is a little bit of maybe plot contrivance of, you know, we got to go, we got to get out here. He's out here. He's after me. He's going to get us, blah, 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 blah. They finally kind of get it worked out. And then he's like, okay, well, you, you come with me. And she picks up her stick again and starts to walk. And he's like, don't try anything with that. And then he's like, I've got an extra pair of boots in in my vehicle. And so they head back. They get into the, they get up to his car. He, I think, puts the rifle back in the back seat or something like that. He's got like a little Subaru hatchback. And he gives her some boots. And he's looking at the boots and looking at her. And he goes, oh, these are my wife's boots. And they may be a little big for you, but, you know, they're better than being too small. And she's like, all right. So she, he gets her in the car. So as they're driving up the road, she kind of looks in the mirror and she sees how bad she looks. And then he's like, you know, are you okay? And she's like, eh. And then he's like, well, you know, I've got a sandwich in the back and there's some water in the backpack. And so she gets that stuff and she has a few bites of the sandwich and has a little bit of water. And then he asks her, well, like, well, do you think he's still out there? And she's like, you know, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, I think he's probably long gone and he's probably trying to, you know, think up of an alibi and this, that, and the other thing. And then they kind of come around the corner a little bit and you see there's this big, huge tree has fallen. And he's like, oh, what the heck is this? And of course, you know, they've stopped and then she jumped out. She's panicked and she's like, oh, no, no, he did this. It's him. Which again, probably it was just one of those things where the, I, I doubt if it was him that did it. But again, in her mind, because she's been seeing this guy at every turn. She's, I'm sure she thinks, oh my gosh, it's him, it's him. So she gets out. Now this thing, it's a giant log. It probably weighs you know, thousands of pounds. And she's like, we got to pick it up. Help me pick it up and move it. And of course they can't. And then he, the, the man who's the abductor, drives up behind him and gets out. And she's like, that's him, that's him. So before we jump into when the man gets out and since we're kind of in spoiler territory eventually we learn we excuse me learn his name is sam we learn that the hunter's name is robert so i'll this would be easier to address him that way so i think what happened is was in the car she must have filled in now we never see it she must have filled in jessica must have filled in robert the hunter on what had happened so when sam comes and gets out of the car and comes up he he pretends to be on his phone he's like oh i found her thank god blah 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 blah. no don't worry i've got her you know you can call off the search he tells robert this is my sister she has you know her husband had killed herself killed himself and you know she's been having these mental breakdowns and she ran out and you know blah 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 and he's kind of of course she's going no he's lying and so Robert, the hunter, is kind of like, well, I don't, and he, he still got his, he, um, when they saw him coming up, he went and got the rifle out of the car. 
So he's got the rifle on the guy, and then the guy, Sam, to his credit, isn't like, oh, put that down. He's, he doesn't really react to it much, which in a way would be, I guess, a red flag. But in another way, like the guy's like, um, you know, like, I'm so concerned with my sister, that's why I'm not really concerned with you, and, you know, it doesn't matter. And so he starts, Sam starts telling Robert all this stuff, and Robert is kind of doesn't know what, but he's kind of leaning towards Sam. And again, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. It would seem like it's more of a logical explanation, right, that Jessica would be having a mental breakdown. But had, remember earlier when he was talking to her in the the first time outside the hotel, had he been like shown him to be a little bit more charming and convincing, I would have liked to have seen that sort of replay itself here with Robert. But what happens is, so you've got Sam, is if we were looking at him kind of how the scene is set up, Sam is toward the end of the car, Robert's like toward the front, and then Jessica is up by the, the fallen log. And then what Sam does is he walks past Robert and then Robert lets him go up to her and then he grabs a hold of Jessica and, and grabs her in a like in a bear hug thing. And he's like, it's okay, don't worry, it's okay, it'll be all right. You know, I got you now. Basically playing the part. And then she's like, you know, trying to wiggle out and scream. And finally she headbutts him. And then she he, and he kind of staggers back. She hops over the log and runs up on the other side of the road a little bit. And then she's telling him, like, you know, make him give you his phone and you call the police and we'll get it all sorted out. And then Robert is like, OK. And then he put, he's got the rifle on Sam still. And he says, all right, well, give me your phone. We'll call the cops. I'll just feel much better about this. And then Sam kind of looks back at him and is like, you want my phone? And again, maybe maybe it's supposed to be like he's like losing, you know, the, the, the mask is sort of slipping off. But again, I thought he would just sort of been it's like, oh, OK, like, sure, no problem. Here, you want my phone? Sure. I'll, absolutely. I'll give it to you. No problem. You know, we got to do what's best for her. But he made they, they had him play it kind of a little bit more in like a menacing way. And then he goes to give Robert, the hunter, his phone. And then when he does, he grabs the rifle and like punches him in the face. Bam, 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 three or four times. And then he takes the rifle and as, Sam, or as uh, Robert is on the ground, so the hunter's on the ground, Sam, the kidnapper, bang, shoots him. And as he, sh- as he pulls the trigger, you hear the thunder overhead. And of course, Jessica is up the road a little bit. And then she just, boom, when she sees that, she takes off into the, off into the woods running. And of course, now Sam has the hunter's rifle. So it fades, and then we get the next title card, which is called The Night. And Jess is still out in the woods, but it is, it's, it's night now, so it's really dark out. It is pouring rain. There's thunder and lightning. Somehow he sort of catches up to her. Um, she's kind of hiding, and then she, she sees him or something. And he's got a flashlight, so she's, he's looking around. She sees him, and instead of just staying hidden, she runs. He basically takes a shot at her, bam, and it gets her in the, I I think it's supposed to just get her in the right shoulder. And this is where the movie is kind of taken on a little bit of what I call maybe movie nonsense, or again, it's like that plot contrivance that we talk about. So she goes down, but she kind of crawls off. He's got the flashlight, he's looking around, but it's so rainy and so dark that he can't see her. The, the rain kind of lets up. The thunder is off, but it's off more in the distance. He tells her, like, I know that you're close. I know that I hit you. 
you've only probably got about two hours before you're going to bleed out you should you know pretty soon you're going to start to cramp up and then he's like in the quote unquote is like the rot is going to set in and it's going to start going through your body you should come out and fight me while you still have a chance and you know he says there's one thing i don't like boy it's a it's a coward he says i'm i'll even play fair and so what he does is he puts the gun down on the ground and he says it's loaded and then it, at first it looks like he walks off pretty far but i think he only walks off maybe 10 feet or so from the gun so he's not that far from it at all and he goes into this diatribe before he's trying to provoke her into coming out and trying to go for the gun and where she crawled off she's actually kind of like in it almost looks like a depression in the ground that's been filled up because her face is is like partially submerged in water and then what he says is I'm going to give you a minute to come and grab the gun starting now. And then again, he starts, you know, saying about how you know, he can't stand cowardice and all this other stuff. And, and that's not working. And so then he, he sort of switches tacks and he starts saying, you know, when people kill themselves, they there's always signs that they're going to reach out for help. And boy, you must feel bad. And you must, you know, you must have a ton of guilt about not seeing those signs. Basically saying, well, it's your fault that, you know, your husband is dead. But she doesn't take the bait. So she kind of is uh, doing something that's smart, you know, this time. She's just going to kind of wait it out. He waits for her for, you know, a minute or two. She's not, he kind of realizes, well, she's not going to come out. And so he goes, picks up the gun, and he walks off. And then it starts raining again and thundering and lightning again. So, again, a little bit of a plot contrivance to where he's going to make his little speech here and say all this horrible, nasty stuff. And it's going to be nice and quiet and not rainy. And then the second he leaves, it starts raining again. Again, it's pouring down rain. She staggers out into the woods, off into the woods, and, and we don't. And then it kind of fades to black. And then we are in the sort of the final part of the movie. And the title card pops up and it says, The Clearing. It's morning. She wakes up. She's sort of like holding her shoulder. You can see that there's a blood stain um, on her right shoulder on the back and in the front. And you can see there's a bullet hole in there. And again... This is sort of some of that plot contrivance. He shot her with a deer rifle. She probably would have bled out or she would have been in so much pain that her arm would have been totally useless. And this is one of the kind of like pet peeves that I have with movies is they'll do something like, you know, a guy gets shot or stabbed or something and it's really, really bad, but it's really bad for that scene. And then the next scene, they're just, oh, they're fine. You know, or, or it's like, oh, they've, you know, they may wince a little bit, but they've got pretty much full use of their arms and all this other stuff. So anyway, she's making her way through the woods and they do kind of a, a drone shot and you see that there's like a two track. And so I don't know if she's following that or if she's going down to a road. But anyway, she hears a car approaching and it's Sam and a Apparently, and he parks, and then she sees him getting Robert out of the back of his SUV, out of his Jeep thing, and he drags him over to the side of the of the road, off into the to the woods a little bit, where he's dug a shallow grave, and then he pulls the uh, uh, Robert's body over there, putting him in there, and he's got the rifle with him, and he's also got a shovel, and he starts burying Robert. Well, she goes down to, she goes down to the. Uh, to the car to see if maybe he left the keys in there. However, most people don't just leave your keys in the car. It's just a habit 
to you know stick him in your pocket so she goes down there she's searching she's looking for stuff in the thing and he's off in the woods now she can see him off in the distance a little bit and he's so preoccupied with that that once she figures out oh there's no keys as she's looking she goes through the through the little center console and she finds a phone and she like she basically pockets it and she turns it on and it, it does turn on and, and she goes to pocket it. oh that's another thing I forgot to talk about. When she first hits Robert, we're kind of tracking back here a little bit, but when she first hits him, she hits him right across the chest. And you may say, well, he would probably have a phone or something, right? And when she does, she smashes the phone and it's all messed up to where it wasn't, don't, it doesn't work anymore. So again, they take care of, you know, everybody's got a cell phone and why wouldn't they just be able to call? And it, it's also a question too of, I'm not sure why Sam would go back to where the body was of Robert and bury. I'm not sure why he just maybe wouldn't drag him off into the woods and then maybe just bury him there. I don't know why he would put him in his car and then take him here. You know, I, I don't, you know, again, I don't know. Um, and we don't really understand like his, that decision-making process on his part. She sees that he's coming back. He's got the rifle with him. And he has got the shovel with him. And here is a little thing of what you would call maybe like a continuity or a plot error. And it could have been solved this way. She sees him coming back. She thinks, I'm not going to have an, I'll make too much noise. So she basically rolls into the back, into that third row or the back cargo space of the SUV. He comes up, you see him coming back with the shovel and the rifle. He gets in, he puts the, the rifle down into the front seat. Which you'd say, okay, but you would think he's not, what's he going to do with the shovel? He's not just going to throw it out in the woods. He would have gone and put that in the back, in the back cargo area, but you can't have him do that. So the shovel just sort of disappears. You just don't ever see it, which I thought, oh, that's kind of a continuity thing. What you should have had him do is come back with the, with the shovel and maybe have him seem like it's a little bit further away. He comes back with the shovel. He opens the back and then throws it in the thing, shuts it like she was able actually to get out of the car. And then he's like, ah, dang it, I forgot the rifle. And then he goes back and gets the rifle. And then so what she does then is she then pops into the car and thinks, I'll get into the back of the car and I'll at least have a chance because if he doesn't know where he is, maybe he'll take me up to a major road and I can get out. But again, that's just one of the things that I, at first I thought, well, he's going to put the shovel in the back. So anyway, um, he is in the in the car and he's getting ready to go. And then he like she kind of moves a little bit and he hears a creep, which, again, uh, is contrivance, plot contrivance. He kind of looks around like he's like, you know, looking all all like stealthy and stuff like he's trying to figure out something. And then he kind of just discards it. He starts up the car, you know, gets his keys out of his pocket, starts up the car and heads off. He's driving down the road as they're going, as they're going down the road, she's got the phone. There's also a, that tire iron that he had used to smash out the window is in the back of his, where she is. She grabs up the tire and she's got it in one hand. She takes the phone out. She dials 911. He doesn't have like the radio or going on or anything. And she's trying to be like, you know, help me. And she's whispering, help me, help me. And of course the operator can't hear her. And she's like starting to say like, you know, track the phone, track the phone. And then for whatever reason, um, and I guess maybe she thinks if if she calls 911, the person, the dispatcher can knows there's somebody on the line. Maybe she's thinking that uh, the dispatcher 
if she hangs up or does whatever, or just leaves the phone on, we'll try and track it. But I kind of thought it was sort of, in one way, if that's what she thinks, I could see her doing that. But in another way, I thought it was kind of dumb. Uh, but again, they need to have the, the movie play out in a certain way. So Sam, for some reason, is starting to look for the cell phone, his cell phone. And he can't find it. He stops the car and he's looking around. And then he looks in the glove compartment. It's not there. He knows that he put it there. And then it's like he stops and he's kind of looking. At, he looks in the rearview mirror like he's looking in, in the, the, the back cargo area. And you can maybe see in his head he's making the connection. Well, of course, she knows somehow. I guess that he's maybe going to try and look for the car. Now, again, look for the phone or, do, or thinks that she's in there or something. And again, all you would have had to have him say, because when he's looking for the thing, he's kind of like panicked. All you would have had him have to say is, oh, like, you know, he pulls off and he's like, oh, where's my phone? And then he's like, oh, dang it, I must have left it in the back. Right. And then that would have given it would have been like a two second thing of dialogue. Right. But they didn't do that. for So somehow it's sort of like the six cents type thing that they have, you know, with ESP. So he somehow knows she's back there. He knows that he's she knows that he's going to come back and try and look for her or something like that. Or so she and I thought this was kind of cool. She jumps over the over that back seat and with that tire and just blasts him up in the head. Blam, blam. And he's trying to grab it from her. And he. I don't know if it's supposed to be like an instinctual thing where he's trying to get footing, but he stomps on the gas and they're driving down the road. She's trying to fight him. They uh, are trying to hit him. He yanks his knife out and try, is trying to like stab back at her. He's, and also uh, when he's doing that, she hits him with, and the knife drops and it's in the back seat with her. As they struggle and stuff, he's got his left hand up on the wheel and his right hand is sort of down on the console and she picks up the knife and just stabs him right through the forearm. And then this causes them to go out of control. His Jeep flips and then she gets out of, she kind of crawls out. She comes to first and she's sort of like rolling around in the mud and stuff. And then as she's rolling around, she sees what looks like maybe a logging helicopter or something that, and then she's like, Hey, she, and again, it's sort of like, she's not in her right state of mind cause she's so stunned, but it's like, she calls out to the chopper for help. So she gets up and she kind of staggers off. She's still got the tire iron with her. He kind of crawls out of the car and he has his knife. He, un, he has the knife with him. But I had kind of thought like, well, why wouldn't you get the rifle? But for what, again, and I think it's because, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't serve the story. So, but for whatever reason, he, you know, he gets out, he's got his knife. She comes up to a clearing, which is our a title card, but it's an area where it's been, you could tell there's been logging and maybe it's super recent. There's lots of steam and stuff in the ground. I don't, again, I don't know why that would be like that way, but she comes into an area that's been, uh, that's been logged, so it's a big kind of open area. She then stops there and she takes out the phone and she calls, I guess, the home number. So I don't know if, you know, sometimes on your lock screen, you can pull it up and you can you can set up your lock screen to be able to just auto dial a thing. So anyway, maybe that's what it was. I don't know other than that how she would get the phone and know what number to call. So I don't know if it like it said mom or wife or something like that on there. She ends up um, 
calling Sam's wife and she says, do you know where your husband is? And she's like, well, yeah, he's out on a trip in California. What's going on? Is this some kind of a joke? And she's like, you know, he kidnapped me and he's a, a murderer and my name is Jessica Swanson. And if the last time you ever hear from me, it's because your husband killed me. And he also killed a name, uh, a man named Robert and people are, uh, he was a hunter and people are probably looking for him too. And then she puts the phone on speaker and then the wife is like, what's going on? And, he's, and then she just goes like, your husband is right here. And she's like, Sam, Sam, what is going on? And that's in the movie when we find out. And then she's like, talk to your wife, Sam, talk to your wife. And then she throws the phone over by him. He's got his knife out. And at first he's got it in his right hand, the hand that was stabbed through the forearm. So again, it's that thing of they get an injury, but it doesn't seem to make any much of a difference. You know, later on in, in the movie. He picks up the phone and she's like, Sam, what's going on? He's like, oh, I'll call you back. There's just, you know, da, 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 da. And then all he would have had to say is like, I left my phone. I had my phone down on the bench and some crazy homeless lady took it. But I got it back now. So, you know, it's, it's no big deal. I'll call you. You know, I, I, I need to leave. Again, you could do something easy like that. So eventually they kind of have a little bit of a stare down and then they kind of start to fight and... She's trying to, she's hitting him with a tire iron and he, you know, cuts her a couple of times. And I think he maybe gives her a shallow stab or something like that. Anyway, she hits him, I think, in the arm. And at first, this is another thing. At first, he comes running up and he's got the knife in his right hand. And then when they engage to fight, that the knife is in his left hand. So somebody must have caught something and said, no, 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 make sure it's in your left. You know, your right's supposed to be stabbed. And I think what we're supposed to think is, you know, he was so dominant with her before as far as like when he would punch her or he would hit her or throw her around and he did it with ease. And I think we're supposed to think, okay, um, he's been kind of, he's got the stab wound in his arm. He's been knocked around by the, um, by the car accident. So he's kind of off, but you know, she's, she's been, she's got a, like a hurt foot. She's been out in the woods with no, basically no food for probably two, two, two days at least. And she's been shot through the shoulder. So her whole, her whole right arm would be basically useless. But of course she's able to whip around and do all this other stuff. Anyway, as they're fighting, the knife gets dropped. She picks up the knife and of course she stabs him, you know, and that takes all the fight out of him. He's just like, Bruh which who knows maybe it was supposed to be like a liver shot or something like that to where he would almost be just paralyzed but he they kind of roll off of each other and they're sort of looking at each other and they're kind of blinking and then for you hear the the logging helicopter overhead like whoosh 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 and then you see her hair start to blow so obviously they're going to land it kind of fades to black and then you hear the the trees overhead kind of creaking and throughout the film there's been shots where it shows up shots of the trees and stuff and you'll hear them kind of you know rocking back and forth and creaking a little bit so anyway that's how the movie ends we don't know uh, we're i guess we're to assume maybe they she makes that alive maybe he dies i don't know maybe you know he ends up they are able to save them both and he ends up going to prison blah 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 and it could be set up for you know alone too or something like that so anyway with just a few of those things that would, again, I would call plot contrivances or a, like maybe a, a concession that you have to make, you know, that the movie wants you to make for them. Uh, overall, pretty good. It's entertaining. The performances are all well done. Nobody, 
over axe or under axe everybody does pretty good like i said there are a few things here and there that i think would have made a little bit of a change so anyway i think that will do it so like i said well it's, it's worth the watch uh if you just kind of want something to maybe have on the background or something where you don't really have to pay too much attention and it's also a movie i think that you could watch with younger members of your family uh, there's really no nudity there's you know there's no there's violence and stuff but there's you know there's and there's no like sexual assaults or anything like that that they show so anyway um let's talk about kind of a little bit behind the scenes stuff and if you guys want to adios or peace out from here that's fine as far as scheduling like i, I think i said earlier mentioned it earlier in the show that i think probably by maybe end of august start of september i'll be able to put stuff out on a little bit more uh regular fashion at least i hope to and a lot of the stuff that kind of took my time before i won't won't be taking up my time now so anyway i'm also going to be doing some stuff to the website to change some things not that it has a lot of bearing but you can usually you used to be able to play the actual shows if you wanted to on the website you could you know hit the the media player well the media player on the on the um podcasting app that i'm using application on the website isn't having the media player show up anymore so i'm going to switch over to another one but that's going to take me some time too because i have to go in on each individual post and switch them out and then and then i got to switch over to the other app and then hopefully that will work so i'm going to try that do some test runs with that and we'll see so all right well my fellow travelers and my beautiful beautiful fellow monkeys i hope you guys are continuing to do well hope you're being able to beat that summer heat i may maybe maybe not uh in the next couple of weeks i may be able to stick out another show Uh, i am watching one of the animated batmans and it's kind of got like a cthulhu theme to it which is kind of interesting supposed to take place i think in the 1920s or so So we're going to draw the show to a close. If you'd like to contact me, send me an email or some audio recordings that you can attach and send it on the email to thearmedape at gmail.com. And I will get that stuff out on the show for you. All right, my friends, I will talk to you guys next time.